What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Tuesday, May 18th. I'm Erin Ryan in for Akilah Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, reminding you that the government knows where UFOs are but will not let you fly them. The truth is out there, but it's in the garage and not until you're 18. I'm so tired of the government being like my lame-ass parents. On today's show, we break down some of the U.S.'s response to the ongoing violence in Israel and Palestine. Plus, we'll have some headlines, but first, the latest. Yesterday, the Supreme Court did what pro-choice advocates have been warning everybody they'd do from the moment Donald Trump was first elected president in 2016. They have agreed to hear a case that directly challenges Roe v. Wade. For proponents of abortion access, this news is not good. No, it is not. So let's get into the case itself. What do we know about it? So the case is Dobbs versus the Jackson Women's Health Organization, and it deals with a 2018 Mississippi law that bans abortion after 15 weeks gestation. Nearly 50 years of court precedent spanning from 1973's Roe v. Wade to 1992's Planned Parenthood v. Casey and beyond have established that the government has no constitutional right to ban abortion prior to the point of fetal viability. That's when a fetus could survive outside of the womb. A healthy pregnancy usually takes about 40 weeks, and even with state-of-the-art care, a fetus almost never survives outside of its mother's body before around 24 weeks, which is well after Mississippi's proposed cutoff. So the Mississippi law was unconstitutional when lawmakers there actually passed it. You're right. It was and is unconstitutional given current precedent, and the federal district court and federal appeals court ruled that way when the same case came before them. But that's the point. Laws like this are designed to directly challenge precedents like Roe v. Wade if they make it to the Supreme Court. The Mississippi law in question challenges states' rights to make laws banning abortion before the point of fetal viability. Okay, so then why did the bill's authors pick 15 weeks as the cutoff? Is there something important about that number when it comes to fetal development or abortions? So 15 weeks is around the beginning of the second trimester, and the vast mm. majority of abortions take place in the first trimester, so within those first 15 weeks. So-called late-term abortions are comparatively rare. But later abortions often take place under more tragic or desperate circumstances, like say it took a long time to get the money together to afford an abortion, or it's difficult to reach an abortion clinic or a blood test found a serious birth defect in the fetus. And the way that prenatal tests work means that some serious birth defects can't be detected with 100% certainty until right around the 20th week of pregnancy. Mm. So banning abortions after the 15th week or even the 20th week causes parents facing tragedy fewer choices, and it causes a lot more suffering. Yeah, this country certainly does love to legislate suffering, it seems. Uh, so why are proponents of abortion rights so nervous in this case? Is there a world in which the court just says, uh, just kidding, it's your body, and they reaffirm Roe v. Wade? That would be really funny if that was Amy Coney Barrett's first uh, opinion that she wrote. <laughs> yes. 
we gotcha. We gotcha with that red handmade stress. Um, it's because the fact that the Supreme Court agreed to hear this case in the first place, despite all of the lower courts agreeing that Mississippi's law is unconstitutional, indicates that the Supreme Court has something additional to say about right. the law. Right. Uh, and according to Slate's Mark Joseph Stern, the state of Mississippi gave the court several options for what the central question of the case was. And the court picked the option that directly challenged Roe's viability standard that I was mentioning before within those 24 weeks. Five of the nine current justices are ultra conservative and hostile to abortion rights. And so I know I've said this already, but I cannot emphasize enough that if you care about abortion access, this is not a drill. Yeah. So then let's just explore this. In the worst case scenario, what happens if the court overturns Roe v. Wade? So if Roe is overturned, and again, not to chicken little here, but Roe is about to be seriously weakened or overturned, mm. uh, then 10 states will see abortion bans immediately go into effect. Nine additional states will have to answer the question of whether their pre-Roe abortion bans still apply. In all, 21 states would immediately ban or restrict abortions. In many places, it goes back to the way it was before Roe, which means that wealthy women will still be able to have abortions secretly and safely, albeit illegally, and the disenfranchised will resort to dangerous methods. For many others, especially those who are low income, rural in abusive or exploitative situations, or who have difficulty communicating in English, abortion is already very difficult to access. And if conservatives get their way, they're not going to stop here. If the viability standard is struck down entirely, there's really nothing to stop lawmakers from interfering with things like in vitro fertilization and the morning after pill. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you don't believe me, you can spend a very disturbing afternoon researching fetal personhood because that is the next thing that they're going to try. Oh, this is all so much. Um, so when will we know the outcome of this case? And is there anything to be done in the meantime? Um, well, the court will hear oral arguments in the fall with a ruling due next summer, just in time for midterms. Make sure you're registered to vote. Mm. But listeners out there can check out what's going on in your own states. And if Democrats are in charge, you can encourage your elected officials to enshrine abortion access into state law. They just did something like that in New Mexico. Go New Mexico. You can also donate to abortion funds that help low-income women access reproductive choice in places like Texas and the Deep South. Um, but for now, and I, I just cannot emphasize this enough for our listeners out there who are not personally women, but maybe have a woman or two in your lives who is freaking out right now. Don't tell the women to calm down about this because the women who are freaking out about this are right. All right. Turning to other news, Gideon, we are still following the situation in Israel and Palestine. So take us through what we need to know there. Yeah, so according to the latest available reporting, as we go to record, the Israeli military has been continuing to barrage the Gaza Strip yesterday. The Gaza Health Ministry says at least 212 Palestinians have been killed, including 61 children, with more than 1,400 wounded. Meanwhile, the AP reported that at least 10 people in Israel, including a five-year-old boy, have died from rocket attacks launched into civilian areas. Then on top of all of this, the United Nations said that over 38,000 Palestinians have been displaced, with thousands left homeless quite literally because of the destruction of their homes. And going into today, there was a call from Palestinians for a general strike in Gaza, the West Bank, and Israel as a way to seek an end to the recent airstrikes and the occupation more broadly. Oh, gosh, we're going to bomb our way out of this? Is that the plan? Is they're going to try to bomb their way out? Okay. Mm. And we've touched on the U.S. response or lack thereof, but what's the latest update there? 
So first of all, the White House said that President Biden expressed support for a ceasefire in a call with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu yesterday. But that, of course, is not a call to end the bombing campaign. And Netanyahu has said that he plans on continuing it. Then there were also reports on Sunday that the U.S. blocked a statement from the U.N. Security Council calling for an immediate ceasefire for, get this, the third time in a week. Uh, Gideon, quick question. What the fuck are we doing? (laughs) Your guess is as good as mine. Um, So as you can see, the administration has been pretty reticent to invoke the term ceasefire up until quite recently. Before yesterday's call, White House officials opted for some bizarre and toothless language like, quote, sustainable calm. But separately, Secretary of State Antony Blinken did say something important yesterday that I want to flag, which was that he hadn't personally seen any information to back up the claim from Israel that Hamas was operating in a building that got bombed over the weekend and housed bureaus for the AP and Al Jazeera, which was the primary excuse for why that had happened in the first place. The media watchdog Reporters Without Borders asked the International Criminal Court to investigate that as a possible war crime. And also looking at the U.S., what are the details of this arms sale that was just approved? Yeah, so this was in a Washington Post report, but the Biden administration reportedly approved a $735 million sale of weapons to Israel. So that is where some of our tax dollars are going as of late. Now, Congress was informed of this on May 5th, and that was before the most recent violence began. And members then typically have 15 days to object. According to the report, some Democrats said they were actually caught off guard by the fact that this was happening, including House Foreign Relations Committee Chair Gregory Meeks. And this particular sale is fueling a broader pushback from some progressive Democrats who have long questioned why these things happen with little to no oversight and scrutiny. Two members of the committee, Representatives Omar and Castro, told the Post that the sale would undercut any efforts at a ceasefire. Yeah, it's like if the fire department came to your house, which was on fire. And I know I use the firehouse thing a lot, but instead of spraying with water, they just trade it off, spraying it with water (laughs) and gasoline. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, to that point, that is the question they're asking. So late yesterday, there was some reporting that Meeks was formally requesting a delay of the sale from the administration. So we'll see how that all develops and what other pressures are applied to the White House. Soon as well, we're also going to have some voices from the U.S. and Palestine talking about all that has happened over these past few weeks. But that is the latest for now. It's Tuesday, Wad Squad. And for today's Temp Check, we are talking about the political power of dipping sauces. So Chick-fil-A announced last week that it would limit sauces to one packet per item in response to industry-wide supply chain shortages. Some Republicans quickly seized on the sauce limit as a political football, with Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt writing in a recent fundraising email that, quote, Chick-fil-A has a sauce shortage and want to know why? Because of Joe Biden's radical liberal policies. That is right. Uh, (laughs) Stitt didn't elaborate on the connections here, but he does seem to know the solution since he suggested that by donating, supporters of his re-election campaign could, quote, make sure Chick-fil-A never has another sauce shortage. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, Aaron, uh, Stitt's making a pretty interesting argument here. Do you buy it? Honest to God, Gideon, when I first saw this story, I thought it was a bunch of conservatives, like, joking. I thought mm-hmm. that they were like doing a like a like a bit and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this is like actually sort of funny if they're all like coordinating, <laughs> pretending to be mad and like blaming Joe Biden for the Chick-fil-A thing." But upon further investigation, aka reading about it, I think that they're serious. <laughs> what? 
Okay, and another thing is like, if you have your Confederate flag boxer briefs in a twist over the fact that Chick-fil-A <laughs> is running out of sauce, do you know how easy it is to make sauces? You can just mm-hmm. make them at your house and then sure. take, you can take your, your things that you're going to dip home and dip them in homemade sauces. You can also buy sauces at Trader Joe's. I'm a big fan of the, the sweet chili, like the Thai sweet chili yes. sauce you can get yes, at Trader yes. Joe's. Um, there's, there are ways around this. Like you guys are supposed to innovate, innovate your way yeah. out of this. You, yeah, free, anyway. free market it. I, uh, I think it's really funny that imagine a world where the job of your politicians was to ensure the fact that you had adequate sauce from Chick-fil-A and that was like the most powerful thing that they could do. I would maybe opt for that world, honestly. Like take away some of the other powers that we imbue all these people with and just keep it simple like Sit is talking about here. If you reelect me, I'll make sure that there's more sauce because the other guy whose only power is legislating sauce is taking sauce away. Oh, yeah. You know what? Personally, I am so much more willing to trust somebody like Kevin Stitt or any of the governors of any red states who I'm assuming have eaten plenty of sauce before to (laughs) make laws around sauce versus Mm -hmm. what they currently do, which is not have uteruses and make laws about women's health. Correct. So, yeah, sauce law. Let's focus on that. Stick with what you know. But just like that, we have checked our temps. Stay safe. Make sure that you have the sauce that makes you happy because I guess the president's taking them away. Um, And we'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The now former Brooklyn Center, Minnesota police officer responsible for fatally shooting Dante Wright is set to stand trial in December. Kimberly Potter was charged with second degree manslaughter for allegedly mistaking her handgun for a taser and killing Wright, a 20 year old black man. Wright's family attorney argued against the shooting being accidental, saying that Potter, who is a 26 year police veteran, would have known the difference between a taser and a handgun. Potter's expecting to plead not guilty. This is the latest development in a case that sparked national attention and local changes. The police chief at the time resigned after defending Potter's actions and the city council reorganized by firing the city manager and turning control of the police department to the mayor's office. Potter resigned from her job before her arrest and was released on a $100,000 bail. President Biden announced yesterday that the U.S. plans to ship millions of its surplus COVID vaccine doses out to countries that need them the most. Uh, 20 million doses of Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J will be donated, in addition to the 60 million AstraZeneca doses set to go out once that shot is FDA-approved. This announcement came after a director at the World Health Organization said countries with high vaccination rates need to do more to help countries currently being hit hard by the pandemic. According to Biden, 60% of Americans will have had their first shot by today, ahead of the 70% target he set for the 4th of July. That's happening while countries like India are experiencing a surge in infections. The administration will be working with the WHO's Global Access Program, or COVAX, to make sure that the doses are distributed fairly. See, this wasn't all that hard. Last year, when millions of Americans came together to call for some, quote, normalcy to return to the White House, they were talking about one thing, presidents who let you see their W-2s. That dream came true yesterday when Biden released his 2020 tax returns in accordance with a tradition that's been upheld by every president since Richard Nixon, except for, yes, Trump. Uh, President Biden and his wife, Jill Biden, made just over $600,000 last year, according to those forms. They paid $157,000 in federal taxes, meaning they did not qualify for the free version of TurboTax. (laughs) You can compare this number to the $750 Trump paid during his election year of 2016. Now, back then, the tax rate was zero if you were willing to write down all fake numbers. It is one tactic. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris and her husband, Doug Emhoff, also released their returns, showing an income of $1.7 million. I might be remembering this wrong, but I think Mike Pence's 2016 tax returns showed that he earned nothing that year but a lumpy sack of beans he was told had magic powers. I heard that Mike Pence is technically a church, so he doesn't have to pay taxes wherever he goes. 
He's, yeah, he's he's become a, a church, the Church of Mike <laughs> Pence. He just sits there and looks like he doesn't know what's going on, and that's his whole religion. Um, here's the latest update on the human average of every man who's been banned from Hinge. Congressman <laughs> Matt Gates, His longtime associate, Joel Greenberg, is now a convicted sex trafficker, among other things, after pleading guilty to six charges in Florida yesterday. Greenberg also agreed to cooperate fully with prosecutors and testify in court in other cases, which has major implications for Gates. The Justice Department's investigation into Gates over sex trafficking developed directly from Greenberg's investigation. And in a letter obtained by the Daily Beast, Greenberg wrote that Gates paid for sex with a 17-year-old girl. The complete list of crimes Greenberg admitted to includes... Brace yourself, Gideon. I'm holding on. It's great. Uh, Identity theft. He stole the identity of a guy who sold him a boat so that he could make a fake driver's license that he would help that he would use in the commission of more sex crimes. Mm-hmm. He also stole random driver's licenses of other Floridians and he uh, gave them out to women he was doing sex trafficking with. Good Lord. Um, very, very classy guy. Uh, wire fraud. He stole money from the county he was working for and he used it to buy Bitcoin for himself. And then he covered, he covered his debts by borrowing money in 100 and 200,000 intervals from family members who were like, you need another loan? Okay. <laughs> it's absurd. Wow. Wow, he is wow, wow. Florida man embodied. If there yeah. was like Mr. like a Miss America Florida, but like the most incredibly Florida guy, it would be Greenberg. Um, yes. Gates will characterize the guilty plea as a clear example of growing self-cancel culture. <laughs> Greenberg's charges come with a mandatory minimum sentence of 12 years, but whether he serves more or less than that depends on his cooperation with prosecutors. Man, I just, uh, that is a laundry list. Yikes. Our show is far too short for all of the things that Greenberg has been accused of, but those are the headlines. One more thing before we go. This week on America Dissected, Dr. Abdul El-Sayed is joined by fellow doctor Sanjay Gupta to talk about all the changes that have happened over the past year in medical journalism and highlight a few stories that he wished more people were paying attention to. New episodes of America Dissected are out every Tuesday. Do not miss out. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, give us the keys to the flying saucer already, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just tax returns like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Aaron Ryan. I'm Gideon Resnick. And savor, and savor your, your sauces. sauces. Joe Biden, you will not take all of them away from me, sir. You can't. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun and Jazzy Marine are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran, Akila Hughes, and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. If you're shopping while working, 
eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.